0: This
1: is the Careers in Review podcast. We'll show you how to navigate the job market and
0: career space like a pro. Starting now, here is your host, Ediana Rosen.
1: Today's episode is super exciting because we have another amazing guest. Her name is Kelsey Warren, and she is a career performance and well-being coach, as well as the chief happiness officer of the Seamless Coach LLC. She helps individuals elevate their well-being so that they can have all of the ingredients they need to be well in their careers. Kelsey also does team training and leadership development for small businesses. Before becoming a coach, Kelsey was a clinical social worker and therapist, which aligns a lot with her holistic approach to career satisfaction and allows her the skills she needs to coach on more than just traditional resumes and interview preparation. Yes, I'm all about that. Kelsey is also the founder of the Seamless Community, and that is her monthly membership for women who are looking for support, education, and coaching all around how to find their own career transitions. Kelsey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited.
1: Me too. I am so excited. Sometimes it's just so hard for me to contain my smile, and I know that the- <laughs> The listeners can't see it, but I'm, I hope that they can hear it through the microphone. Kelsey, so why don't you go ahead and start in telling us by, you know, your career trajectory and story, because just reading your bio is just so fascinating. And yes, I agreed. I've worked with social workers before. And I think that you guys make such an amazing career coach because of those transferable skills.
0: Yeah, I'll give you like the cliff notes version because it's very, <laughs> it's a <laughs> winding, it's a winding path, as I like to say. So initially, I went to school, I got my bachelor's in psychology, moved, met my husband, got married. I'm a military spouse as well. So that plays into a lot of what it looks like for me. And, you know, even moving forward and why I chose business ownership, but we'll get into that too.
1: Thank you for your service, by the way. I'll
0: tell him. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I started out after I graduated with my bachelor's doing a residential treatment um, for psychiatric teen girls, and that was a very eye-opening experience, very intense, uh, but Mm. an amazing team. The theme throughout this whole thing is I've always worked with really amazing teams, and so it's been hard to leave each place that I've left. From there, I just decided it was time to move on. I didn't really want to work in a direct support role, and I worked around a lot of therapists and decided that that was what I thought that I wanted to do, so I moved into a position working as a government contractor for the Family Advocacy Program, which was essentially deals with child abuse and domestic violence in the military setting. So it's kind of like the CPS of the the military. So I worked there for a bit and then decided to get my master's in social work. Thinking back, I would have preferred to get my PhD in psychology and go more like the assessment analysis route versus social work just because I like brains and I am more like of a technical person but there's not a lot of options for PhD programs online and we're always moving and things like that so social work is another great option and you don't have to get a PhD to be very successful in social work and it's very broad so that's the direction I went at the same time I was a domestic violence victim advocate they allowed me to do that while I was getting my degree to fit around my internship because I was on call a lot so I was able to make up the hours Upon finishing, the two weeks after I finished my degree, we moved from North Dakota to North Carolina. And so I found myself in a brand new state with nothing on my resume that was from the state. It was kind of re- before remote work was like really popular. And I just had a really hard time finding a job. And it was very frustrating. I was, you know, I'm here, I have a master's degree, I have all this experience why can't I find a job? And so that was a whole thing. Like I started another (laughs) master's degree in uh, applied behavioral analysis and I just was really lost feeling, kind of stuck. And Hmm. eventually I found um, a spouse support network that taught me about, you know, just different job search strategies and just building that network in general. And I Implemented a few things from there and got calls back, you know, within a few weeks from that. So that was amazing to be able to do that. Um, and then eventually landed a role as an in-home therapist for at-risk youth for be- that were at risk for being put outside of the home. So I did that and was promoted there to the clinical supervisor of the team, which is where I kind of got my first real taste in coaching and you know, therapy and coaching, very similar, different mm-hmm. populations. But mm-hmm. I was you know leading that team, coaching them, having development meetings with them. I really enjoyed that and I liked the admin side of being a super. supervisor. Supervisor. And I just was realizing throughout that process, I liked it a lot more than the direct therapy, which can just kind of weigh on you. And at that Mm -hmm. same time, I had some tough stuff happen with some of my clients. And it was just, you know, kind of a dangerous job. There was a lot of on call, and I also was pregnant. And so it just not necessarily aligning with the values that I had for myself and as a family. So I transferred into a relationship management role after that for a remote company before. It was even a thing. So I've been working remotely since 2018-ish, 2019. So I did that. And that included a lot of leadership development type work along with some other like little marketing things. And that was just kind of, I was broadening my skill set a lot and finding out the things that I liked and didn't like about different jobs. And then from there, another opportunity presented itself doing business coaching for a pretty well-known entrepreneur. And I did that for almost a year. I coached hundreds of business owners every day and I dabbled in like content development and member experience stuff. And high ticket sales. And so there just came a time when I felt like not necessarily maybe outgrowing the role, but because I was always given more to do and it was exciting because I, you know, they were really intentional with giving people things that they were passionate about. So that was great. But along this whole journey, I was mentoring and coaching other people along the way in their career decisions without really putting two and two together. I had been doing that since the residential treatment with just every person that I worked with at some point or having, you know, having family members come to me or friends with things. And so all at one time, it just became very apparent that I just needed to start my own business. And so Mm. that's what I did. I couldn't do both at the same time. Otherwise I probably would have, but the conflict of interest with coaching and coaching, they were totally supportive of it. It was an Extremely difficult decision, but that's like the lengthy but short version of how I got here. That's
1: awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate it. And, you know, with that conversation of you just explaining your trajectory, there's a lot, many other questions that kind of popped into my head that could potentially be super helpful for our audience. But first, I actually want to validate everything that you were talking about. I used to recruit for an agency, for social workers, in-home therapy, social workers. So mm-hmm. I totally know how emotionally draining that job can be. Yeah, And sometimes it's just very hard to kind of make that distinction between your personal life and your clients, uh, in this case, you know, your patients. And I mean, I was there just as a recruiter and I still witness things that I know I wouldn't be able to handle. Mm-hmm. like crazy things that went on specifically for the type of population that we were supporting and so I just want to say you know thank you for everything that you did during the time that you were doing it it's not an easy job and it's definitely needed uh, for our society especially right now with everything that's going on I feel like a lot of people need these type of services so I just wanted to put that out there and I know at least side of the coin so I totally hear you when you say that it was time for you to kind of Make a change on that end, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, with that, I wanna I wanna hear from you when it comes to the leadership and career coaching. As you mentioned, you've done business coaching, and obviously, you've been a therapist before. Which coaching can be very natural for people like you. Why career and why leadership? Like you could have chosen any other type of coaching. Why
0: that? That's a very good question. So. <laughs> What thing? Something I didn't say, I guess, along that journey when I was in the relationship management role, doing some leadership coaching and kind of business strategy. I was actually also in, I'm like a serial degree, trying to get more degrees, basically, <laughs> just on this weird path with that too. So I was in, enrolled in a PhD program um, for industrial and organizational psychology, which is for those of you that don't know, and it's kind of like up and coming is blending psychology with business and so i kind of naturally like gravitated toward that and was wondering how i could merge those things and my husband i was you know my third class in and i was getting ready to gear up to be a ta and everything and he was just like do you need this to do what you're doing right now and i was like what do you mean like of course i do (laughs) you know just got really emotional for some reason because i i think in that moment knew that i didn't necessarily need it and I made me kind of take a step back and question why was I actually doing it and so I actually withdrew from that program I still have you know the credits that I can go back and I probably will go back eventually and get it but at this point like I was just doing it essentially to have that you know credential after my name and not necessarily for the right reasons so mm. that is the the beginning part of that and I think The career piece is just something that I'm naturally gifted at with helping people, and it just comes very easily to me, kind of having people repeat what their struggles are and then being able to connect the dots for them and point out their strengths and allow them to get to a place where... Hey, you know, like this might be a really good option for you, or have you considered something like this? Now, with coaching, obviously, I'm not just like telling people what they should go do, but I've figured out ways along the way to use tools that helps them reach that decision a lot easier. So, that is combining the therapy piece and just kind of hearing what people are saying and being able to put things back to them in a way that makes sense. Sometimes when you're just so in your head, it's hard to really mm. pull out all of those things. Then there's connections and dots everywhere, but you might not know it until you really get it out loud and speak to someone about it. But I think it's just kind of a combination of what I'm naturally gifted at. Plus, just my interest in like merging business and also brains and careers all into one.
1: Yes, so definitely answer your question. So thank you. And I absolutely agree. You know, sometimes we look for career coaching, which I think is beautifully put in the way that when I introduced you with your bio, beyond just a resume and the Interview because I feel like people get stuck there. Mm -hmm. And I've been a recruiter for almost seven years. So I know like people sometimes get so fixated. It has to be my resume and it must be my interview skills. But there's so much more beyond that that comes about when it comes to your career. You know, sometimes you have to understand that you might have some mental blocks that you don't know about, that you're telling yourself these stories. When you tell yourself these stories in your mind, they become very real, right? Because there's nobody else to tell you, to check you out and say, maybe we're being unreasonable here or I don't know who told you that or where are you getting that from and so that goes beyond the resume resume and, and and interview skills yes they're important because they're an integral piece of careers but they're very tactical right they're very like this is the way to do it like very checklist like and very transactional and so the other piece of the career coaching which I think a lot of us could do a better job at when we're marketing ourselves, is to talk about the not-so-tactical piece. How do we get to your confidence? Because, again, you can practice all you want about your interview skills. If you're not confident about getting that job, you are not going to do well. It's just Mm -hmm. the reality. Same goes with your resume. Sometimes we're awful at bringing out the achievements that we have had into those bullet points. It's so hard to do that. I struggle with that myself. And that's why I invest in coaches because I know how hard I am on myself and how little I sit down and smoke the roses when it comes to the achievements I've had. Yes. And I think that that's very popular to like alongside a lot of our clients. So thank you for making that clarification. It's definitely very much appreciated. And then, you know, with that, I also want to talk about how hard it is to kind of put that boundary between your work and your life. And I think that that's where a lot of meshing was happening with you. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us about, how can we potentially initiate those boundaries when it comes to our work in life? And the reason why I'm asking this question is because this state that we're living in right now, working remotely, a lot of that, that line was blurred, mm-hmm. very much so, where people, and I still do it, I get out of bed and, and now because I have kids, I feel like I have to have some boundaries because I they need me, right? But before I used to roll out of bed and open my computer and I would yep. be working, my other job before the one that I have right now, I was working close to 90 hour weeks because I could. And because I didn't have kids back then. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, sure, why not? And so we don't realize what a long-term damage that can do to us. Not only mentally, but physically. And I would love to hear from you. How can we initiate those boundaries in in a way that's not going to compromise our ethic when it comes to work, but also not feel guilty about it? I
0: think this could be like a whole rant in itself. But I personally am not a big fan of using the term work-life balance. I don't think that balance is something tangible. It's very elusive. Like, where can I find it? Who has it? I don't know (laughs) what it means. So. I always use the term work-life boundaries instead. And Mm -hmm. I think when you think about just boundaries in life, there are many different aspects of boundaries. And so, like you said, with remote work too, it makes it so much more difficult. But there are a few at work that can be applied. So you have like time boundaries, which deal more with your schedule, And for that, you can really just do it. I recommend everyone just do an audit of their day, like a time audit where they're spending their time from the second they get up until when they go to sleep to see, you know, where the gaps are, where the holes are, where you can add things, where you can remove things or refine, streamline things. There's an emotional boundary you could set, which does a lot of work with values and just knowing, you know, what are you aligned with ethically? You know, a lot, so many people that come to me too, like they're at jobs that like the ethics around what they're being asked to do, or just the culture of the company isn't really aligned. So knowing your workplace values in that sense is something that's huge so that you can just set boundaries and align with those around emotional boundaries. I think there's obviously physical boundaries, especially space. Like even if you're in an office, even like how do you want your desk to look? Do you want it to be clean? You know, Are you going to go hang out at the water cooler all day long? Like what kind of (laughs) physical boundaries (laughs) are you having? But if you're working remotely, particularly like I am a big fan of having like an at-home commute and
1: Mm, tell me about that
0: so setting up kind of just like a routine within a routine like I love routines obviously like morning solid morning routine and evening routine are my favorites but doing something that's like your commute right you're not in the car and like decompressing from work or gearing yourself up from work if you work remotely so like you said to prevent that rolling out of bed and jumping straight onto the computer having like a full boundary like are you going to have a designated space like where you're in an office with a door shut or if you don't have that luxury, like what are you doing from the time like you're stopping your morning routine to the time you're working? For me, that looks like, okay, I'm pouring my coffee. I'm bringing it upstairs. I'm lighting a candle up here. I'm like getting my stuff out and ready for the day. Making sure for me that I get dressed at least like a little bit, at least some leggings and a shirt and not my pajamas. You know, doing my hair, like just things that make me feel like more productive. That I'm gonna do so and then the the close the day kind of thing would be your your evening commute right like checking off all of the things that you needed to get done for the day just allowing yourself permission to just disconnect before you just jump into the day because a lot of us and I'm still like I struggle with it too like having my phone and answering things throughout the evening but try and being intentional like I've done everything I can on the computer so that I don't have to jump back and forth between like the computer and cooking dinner there's that physical space and then there's also an expectation boundary too I think if you aren't really clear on your job description or your like tasks that your manager wants you to do for that week or you know even in general just having a boundary around expectations and tasks of you and your role and how those things align. So lots of different boundaries that you could implement, I think that will help with that elusive, the balance piece. But I think (laughs) the thing about boundaries is that they're tangible and you can collect data on them and see what's working and what's not, what needs to be adjusted. You can use that as evidence. If you did need to go and talk to a manager or even a family member, like, hey, this line was crossed, like, several times today that I set for myself, what can we do to like help with the situation? Whereas balance is just like, how would you even my balance was messed up today? Like, you can't really explain that you can't get data (laughs) on it, use Mm. it as evidence. So I think it's just a really helpful way to tangibly make changes instead Mm -hmm. of just chasing after something that you don't even really know what it looks like.
1: And you know, that last piece just kind of made me think of the earlier point you were making about you really coaching and supporting people that really don't know where to go next. And another thing that came out of the pandemic, which I think a lot of us were kind of unhappy for the majority of the time in our jobs, we just thought it was normal and that's just life and, you know, we are grateful to have a job. But as the the pandemic came in and a lot of our priorities shifted and we realized how important our happiness is because, you know, we weren't just putting this earth to just work and pay bills, right? At least I hope so. What I mean by that is like this great quote-unquote resignation that came, the wave of people just switching careers and all this other stuff. What do you think are the main things that are stopping us as individuals from not finding that thing that's for us. Like for you, you found your thing, like helping people. You've always had that within you. You first started with social work, and now you're coaching. What do you think are the steps, or I guess the path, or the hat moments that people go through to realize that? And how do they know when they're stuck and they need help?
0: That's a really good question. I think the stuck term is something that I hear pretty much mm-hmm. from every on every sales consult that I do is stuck, and it means something different to every person as well. Mm-hmm. So that's always interesting for me to pull out. Like, what does stuck actually mean to you. But for a majority of them, it's honestly an uh, like an, an avoidance or an unwillingness to really just dive into like the feelings, the actual emotions around what it would mean to leave a job or leave a career. You know, a lot of people have worked years to get or, you know, spent a lot of money in school to get or certifications or like what their family wanted. I hear that a lot too. I just was, you know, always, or I always knew I was going to be this and I told everyone about it. And like similar to a breakup or like a divorce of some sort, like when you realize that you get into something and it wasn't what you expected. And I went through this as well, leaving therapy and it. uh, There was a lot of shame that I carried around just because I didn't want to address the fact that what I had intended my career trajectory to be just didn't work out and didn't align with me anymore. So that I think is literally the first step that people can take is just really to get like very curious about what those emotions are around even like considering what a career change would be. Hmm. And then from there, in my membership, I have like the pillars, but it's mastering emotions, elevating well-being, defining your values and exploring purpose. The well-being piece of it When you are like holistically flourishing, happy, whatever word you want to use for it outside of work, or you can at least bring some of those tools for engagement at work where you're currently at, it's going to serve you so well in your next role, whatever that is. If it's business ownership, if it's a new position like a promotion, if it's a new career entirely, Hmm. I think you need to get really set on the emotions and well-being part first. I know that there's like, I'm not really the biggest fan of just like, quitting your job tomorrow type situation so I may be more conservative on that and which is fine because there's so many other career coaches that will support you and like the just do it we'll figure it out later situation I think there's mm-hmm. a time and place for all of those things especially mm-hmm. if it's very toxic and you like seriously need to get out so mm-hmm. don't stay if you're if it's really like abusive situation mm. uh, but I think when you get clear on those it stops the cycle I call it the cycle of disengagement like it just there's a six month window typically of a honeymoon when you start a new job. And so you're very excited about it. You're engaged, you're happy, you know, you're learning, you're training. And then once you get into the kind of like the lull, you either want more to do, you want more training, you want more to be given to you or to take on more, or you start getting bored. And then you kind of you either like quit and stay as it's called, or you just start to just of other things that you could be doing and so i think when you figure out the emotions around it and then also deal with the well-being piece prior to leaving then you won't get stuck in this cycle in your next role because you have supportive like almost protective factors in place around you when you're making that transition
1: That is very interesting. I've never even heard of like that type of transition of going. It's like morning, like the morning process, right? It's Mm -hmm. just different stages. And that's how we should be treating our careers. But, you know, that is just such an amazing eye-opening statement that you just made there. And it just makes me think of all of the other dysfunctional places I've worked at. (laughs) And and how I constantly just try to convince myself that it's like, it's normal. It's okay. That's like in every job you're going to have drama. And yes, it's true. There's going to be politics and pools and things that you don't agree with in every job that you go to. But to a certain degree, there are certain things that are beyond normal. And... And I just love to hear from you, like, that's probably what I was going through and I didn't know it. Like, Mm -hmm. just the emotional trauma of like, I just got here and I know that this is not for me, but I need to make a year or, you know, let me see it through. Maybe it's my problem. And then you kind of try to convince yourself of staying in that situation until somebody tells you like, you need to get out. Like, this is not normal. So I am just so happy to hear that you're one of those coaches who just really prepare your, your clients to go on that Emotional detox journey that we all kind of have to go through in order for us to accept ourselves and realize that a career is awesome, but if it's at the expense of your happiness and your mental health, it might just not be worth it. Yeah. Um, and and then with that, I wanted to ask you because I know you mentioned earlier that you know you had an, an emotional trauma yourself when you were leaving therapy, and you've studied so much for it, and that's why you told yourself your whole life you were gonna do and. You ended up going another direction. Talk us through that. Like, How did you decide and how did you come up with the conclusion that you must choose you and your sanity above what you envision your life to look like when it comes to your career?
0: That's a tough one too, because I did, like I said, I had so much shame, not only around like ab- abandoned. I guess I didn't abandon it because I still, you know, use it daily to those skills, those transferable skills, as you mentioned. And I still like, I supervise MSW interns and I like social work still. And I think it's such a great and needed, as you said, field. I don't like to use the term abandoned, I suppose. But <laughs> I went through a lot of just shame around that, but also just shame of like, well, these people really do need to be helped and why can't I be that person for them or just sometimes in helping professions, there is a stigma around leaving, Mm. you know, even with teaching, nursing. And so there was like this, you know, undertone as well that I had to kind of navigate through. I think going through that process on my own, like I just did the best I could to improve my well-being, like a job aside, even though you know, being on call 24 seven and things like that, it was kind of hard to do sometimes, but mm-hmm. I worked on that piece and then I got really clear on my values. And like I said, I was pregnant at that time too. And my husband and I like really had a shift in everything. And I, you know, not everyone's gonna be a parent or maybe have that kind of a major shift in like priorities of always looking for more money, more promotions, things like that. It changed a little changed for us when I got pregnant. And that was a, a big piece of it. But I think more than anything, I got really comfortable with making decisions that were aligned with my values. And since I started doing that and like really identified what my workplace values were and just making decisions based on that, even though it was really hard. I have never had it turn out in something that's bad. And even if it's like, you know, multiple good opportunities coming my way, if I just put them through that like process, the filter, if you will, it always works out. And I'm always like, I can see something that is, you know, beneficial from it or why it happened the way it did. So I don't know if that answered your question, but it was Mm -hmm. essentially... I did love it. And I still love it. And so I, I, I view it as carrying it with me versus leaving it. Mm-hmm. And just, I have the confidence in knowing that I'm living out my values. And that's really precipice of like, I can't do anything else other than that. Now,
1: sometimes it's a shift of words, like the words we use, right, to be more kind to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And to sometimes just know that at the end of the day, we make the decisions that we were always meant to be making. I'm a huge believer in destiny. Like, I will, and not to turn like super Christian or religious here, but mm-hmm. for me, I always tell my husband uh, we don't agree a lot of the time on this, but everything happens for a reason. And yes, I truly support his stand of like, oh, you have to action. The things that you want to do. like You have to do something about it. I was like, yes, absolutely. And you do. But regardless of, we always have all these decisions to make. From the moment we open our eyes, we have all these decisions to make. Whether we want to wake up now or in five minutes, that's a decision you have to make. Whether you want to wear blue shirt or a white shirt, that's a decision you have to make. So I feel like, yes, you have to constantly make the decision for yourself. But at the end of the day, when you decided to wear that blue shirt was because it was you were meant to wear that blue shirt that day. And that's like how I think about things and why it has really helped me understand the past of all that trauma that I went through with my career, because I think about it and I tell my mom all the time, like, you know, I went through all of that and like all those hardships and all that pain and all that, you know, uh, abuse and I think about it and I say, you know what, all of that gave me all of the stories I had for my interviews. All of those, uh, all of those things gave me the experience I have today to be the professional that I am now in a much better situation. So that's what I mean by everything happens for a reason. And I do believe that a lot of us will not be given something that we're not able to handle. So just wanted to put that out there because I know a lot of people right now are going through a tough time, whether it's, you know, they can't find a job and they've been trying for so long or or they have found a job and now they're stuck and they don't know how to get out. Mm-hmm. Everything happens for a reason and just think of that. And just know that you have a community here to support you. People like Kelsey here, who has an amazing community of her membership where she empowers and just give all the preparation and amazing foundations to women that need it to get out of those situations and to do it in a way that's caring for themselves. Before we, we wrap up, you know, we've talked so much about careers and fulfillment and how to have those boundaries and how to be okay with leaving those things behind that you thought were supposed to happen for the rest of your life. But the last thing I'd like to talk to you about is if you could talk to baby Kelsey,
0: why would you say and why? Something probably very similar to what you just said too. And I think <laughs> I had in my mind all these expectations of what I was going to do and where I was going to work and being so frustrated in the moment when it just wasn't working out. And I remember a few years ago talking to one of my best friends crying saying like why can i help everyone else find their dream jobs and i can't do that for myself and she just immediately said because that is your dream job okay <laughs> that's probably ding, something ding, ding, yeah ding. <laughs> something to that but when i think about everything that's happened now and the people you know messages i get pretty much daily of someone that you know says thank you for sharing this or thanks for, thanks for saying this or i quit my job today or you know, I have an interview, whatever it is, like fills me up so much. And I just know that everything, when I look back, like it does seem kind of, you know, I'm going to be like cheesy and say seamless, like it really was seamless, like how I made the different transitions. Seamless plug over here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like that's, I was putting things together. I was using what I was learning along the way in my, not only in my career, but just through the people that I was mentoring and through my own journey as well, which is, So many coaches take from their personal experience Mm -hmm. and I'm able to combine literally everything that I love and that I'm good at and there's a good quote that I love from uh, Dr. Martin Seligman who I use a lot of his frameworks in positive psychology in my coaching and I'm probably going to butcher it but essentially he said like, what are you good at and what makes a difference in the world? And then combine those two things and go do that. Now I see like it is, it was just so obvious that that's what I needed to do. And so, you know, I'll be 30 this month to, so to just be starting it, to just give myself some grace and know that, you know, everything is happening for a reason. It's on purpose for the purpose. That's cliche as well, but just to be, you know, kind to myself through this process and everyone is on their own path. Career is not a destination it's just a journey always and it's always going to be changing that was a lot but I would say a lot of things <laughs> and probably <Aww>. cry too <laughs> no that's really lovely I'm sure the baby Kelsey will definitely appreciate that advice thank you so
1: much <laughs> before we wrap up please tell us how can we find out more about you what are the type of services you offer
0: and where can we interact with you and say hello so I am the seamless coach on essentially everything so my Facebook page my Instagram TikTok Pinterest website is all the seamless coach that's where you can find me. I'm on there pretty much daily. I like Instagram probably a little bit more, but I'm starting to die. I'm like accepting TikTok (laughs) as much as it will accept me, I think. So trying to figure that part out still. As far as coaching, I do, like you said, the monthly membership for women which includes month, weekly group coaching, as well as content, like a course, some expert guest trainings. I also do one-on-one coaching, basically going over everything we're doing in the membership, but a more tailored experience, more one-on-one, and then with a leadership component as well. So I embed myself with small businesses doing um, like in-person workshops or even virtual training with leadership teams and kind of doing employee well-being and engagement in small businesses as well. So that's a fun thing that I have recently started doing and I love doing that as well.
1: Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Kelsey, for coming over and for giving us all these amazing nuggets. I appreciate you and thank you so much for agreeing to be
0: on. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed it. From effective networking to landing job offers, this is the podcast for action takers ready to be the best they can be without any fear. This is the Careers in Review podcast.
1: Make sure to never miss an episode of Careers in Review. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter. You will receive exclusive information about upcoming shows, transcripts, and information about our guests. For all resources mentioned, show notes, transcriptions, and more details regarding topics discussed in today's show, please visit the Careers in Review website, www.careersinreview.com podcast. You can also follow Careers in Review on all socials for more exclusive video content. Thank you for listening.